Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Excel Radio's Ask the Expert. Brought to you by Beckshot Photography and Video. It's your story. Make it awesome. For more information, go to beckshot.com. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. As they said in Poltergeist, they're back. <laughs> Stone's with me here. Co-host Robert Mason's here. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. Good. It's a doubleheader today. Doubleheader today. We're doing content. We're throwing out the episodes, bringing in all the special guests and the superstars and the rock stars. You'd think we were a power player. I know. We, we're we're going to be. It. It's coming. That's right. That's right. Special guest today, Darren Hunter from Mortgage Right. Hi, Darren. Hi, sir. Thanks for having me in, guys. All I appreciate right. it. We're going to talk a little about your story, but uh, Darren, for those of you who don't know yet, is a superstar, and we're going to get to that. Tell us a little bit about Mortgage Right and about Darren Hunter. Sure. So I am, uh, I've been in the mortgage game now for 22 years, so I've, uh, I'm like one of the old guys in the mortgage business. I've made it through a couple different downturns and, and survived and, and keep thriving. They can't get rid of me. I'm like the cockroach in the mortgage world, so I've uh, been having a good time doing it. Been uh, graduated from UGA with a finance degree and, and wanted to be a bond trader. That was my whole, my whole gig, but uh, when you graduate in 2002, Things were changed. Things changed a little bit in Wall Street, changing, you know, yeah. just prior to that, right? Just so, little, you know, for about fifteen minutes, yeah. I wanted to be a bond trader too. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I literally took the first gig that I was offered, and that happened to be in mortgages. And I just happened to, you know, I understood finance, understood how to restructure debt. I just kind of had a knack for restructuring and uh, people's debt by taking equity. And, and at that time, in the early two thousands, we were having we were, we were having. A nice little run up in equity and, and, and appreciation. And so people were taking advantage of, of pulling out some money. So we're doing a lot of refinances, second mortgages, home equity lines. And I just understood that and, and, and understood how you could take money and, and uh, cash flow, how you could and reinvest money and, and create you know, other opportunities, whether that's investing in the stock market or, or investing in real estate or whatever the case may be. And so I just was able to speak to people about that pretty intelligently and um, – you know, right out of the gate and, and just had some success. And, you know, shortly thereafter started just like most, most, uh, success stories, I guess, uh, you know, I saw that things could be done a little bit differently and I went out on my own and, and was literally had a branch of the first, uh, net branching company that I got involved with, which was a group by the name of flagship financial group. They're no longer around, but, um, we started out of my, my out of my house. First house I ever bought. I had a, I was in one guest room. I had another guy in another guest room. And and uh, over the, as a couple years went on, I had people in my living room, people in my family room. And then the Bell South guy told me that, "Hey man, there's no more phone lines. You got to you got to get an office." So we eventually this is residential. Service. Yeah, this is, turns out. Yeah. So you know, we we just started growing from there, and then of course the crash hit. And uh, believe it or not, uh, you know I. I found that I had another knack and that was finding spotting trends. And I was able to find a couple trends. I was licensed in 27 States and, and noticed that on CNBC on a daily basis, you saw campers and people flocking to all the States that were doing fracking, you know, in the oil industry. You oh, remember, yeah. you remember, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there was an asset bubble or a commodities, bubble. South that Dakota, was, North Dakota. That's exactly correct. Yep. And people thought I was crazy for being in South and North Dakota, but it turned out you know, it was kind of my saving grace, Pennsylvania, Ohio, of course, Texas. And so the oil industry, you know, oil was blowing through the roof at that time. So that was one of the only industries that were paying 
Well, they needed places to go. They couldn't be in campsites forever. So they started buying houses. So I was marketing to those campsites. And then, you know, I started thinking about, well, who else is paying the government? Well, we started looking at, you know, some of the different military bases that were out there in the States that I was licensed in and started marketing to them. And, you know, next thing you know, we're doing a ton of VA loans and just kind of grew the business from there. And, you know, it was a weird time. Um, back in 2007, 2008, my parents, you know, I think my dad had lost his job. My mom was on the verge of hers. My sister lost a job. My neighbors were out of job. I mean, it was just a, you know, there's a lot of, you know, high unemployment, right? All the, all across the board. So, you know, I was in my late twenties and I didn't really, you know, I wasn't like a flashy guy. So, and I didn't want to flaunt anything and we were having some success. And so I started just under the table, quote unquote, under the table. I say that I just wasn't like telling people about it. Uh, I was just buying up real estate as much as I possibly could. And, you know, it turned out, you know, good time to be buying. 15 years later, it turned out that was a pretty good move. Yeah, turned out so, to be. I'll say so. So this story is sounding kind of familiar to me. You know, our previous guest on our on last episode was Mayo, professional football player. He uh, and then then drug dealer. Now yeah. we got Darren, basketball player, and then a mortgage agent. So basically the same story. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's all the same, right? <laughs> all right. So uh, Robert is a top market realtor over in Marietta and Roswell. He does a tremendous amount of business. I like to think that the video I do for him has something to do with that. Not no much. doubt about it. But, but mainly, <laughs> mainly it's his charming personality and movie star good looks, right? Yeah, that's all. What, was a, what does a guy like Robert need to know about mortgage rights? So mortgage right, we provide value, right? So, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and I'm not going to talk to anybody and tell them how great my services are, how low my interest rate, how low my closing costs are, because they are. I'm going to talk about the value that we provide to you and your borrowers to how do we become a partner with you? And so that way I'm not sitting there asking you for referrals. How am I providing you referral? And it may not necessarily be handing you a, a, a deal, but it may be education. It may be, you know, the new trend right now is, is, is chat GPT or AI and how we implement AI into real estate. And we've had a lot of success teaching agents, teaching uh, brokerages on how to use that successfully uh, right out of the gate. So again, just spotted another trend and, and felt like I wanted to be on the front end of that curve. So that's how we add value. Um, uh, that's the biggest thing you need to know about mortgage, right? For sure. When it comes to referral type partner, you know, I think one of the, the hardest things for me to get up, get around these days is, is how reluctant people are to pick up their phone or answer their phones. Um, I've got a lot of people in my sphere and it's, these are business hours and you call people and people don't answer the phone. People don't return phone calls. You know, people are reluctant to talk to you or to meet with you. Uh, it's like pulling teeth to get people to do their job these days. I don't know if you're finding that at all. So there's no doubt, you know, there's, there's the younger generation, I guess them, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the ex right? So I'm, I'm, I'm in, in, in between. I'm not yeah. quite a millennial. But the millennials definitely have that problem. And I've spent a lot of time educating my guys on how to have uncomfortable conversations and not by, you can't do that by text. Okay. So we always talk about, you know, your success will be determined by the amount of uncomfortable conversations that you have, you know, in, in life and in business. And you're not That's having true. that conversation over the, uh, via text or via email. You're actually picking up the phone, 
you know, discussing that with that person. And sometimes it's about ripping off the bandaid. So we spent a lot of time on that because that's one of my big pet peeves too. Just pick up the phone. Now, when I started in the business, I had to make 300 outbound calls a day. Yeah. So well, I kind of got over that, you that know, fear, that of fear of getting on the phone and talking. And certainly when we brought people, when we bring people in, uh, I definitely train them to, to get on the phone, but I don't force them to do 300 outbound phone calls a day like I would do. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, you, know, you know, walking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's like, uh, the old stories my dad used to tell me about walking to school, you in know, the in the snow, uphill both ways kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, we don't do that anymore, but, but yeah, it's, it's, you're on, you're, you're on call in this business. You have to be, Yeah. you know, it's, uh, you try to set a, expectations when you're talking with your clients, uh, your borrowers, also your, you know, your referral partners, but things happen. You know, this, you've been doing it. You said 33 years. So, you you know, you got to be able to jump on things and and put fires out right out of the gate and, and be able to act and act efficiently. I mean, because my business is is linked to your business Sure. and there's no day that I'm, that I'm off. If I'm on vacation, my phone is still there. Unfortunately, I'm still answering the phone. Um, but I just so many of my coworkers, people that I'm around, and they take the weekends off, they'll go on vacation and they won't answer their phone. And I get it. People need to unplug. I totally get it. Yep. But for me and my business, if I need a pre-approval letter or if I need to know what the rates are to see if this guy's going to qualify when I run it on my HB12C, yep. I need to know the answers to those questions. Well, you know, one of the one of the answers to that is is technology. You know, that's that's where we've been able to step into is use some of the some of the technology where we can if we're not available for whatever reason, there is you have the opportunity to up to a certain level change your pre-approval letter or you have the ability to to check on interest rates. But not only that, but we're, you know, you mentioned it before right now. I didn't say anything about it, but I was a, I was a fairly high level basketball player for a long, long time. And I'm a big team player. You know, that's all that everything around my life is team. Whether yeah. It's my family, my office, the business clubs the networking clubs. It's about team and team effort. And when I bring people on to my team, we're all, we always, we have each other's back. So if I'm out of town, Somebody's picking up the phone. Right. If somebody else is picking up the phone, I'm picking or out of town. I'm picking up the phone for them. Right. So that's that's the key is is Good. is making certain that you have coverage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I get that absolutely. Woodstock Business Club was your baby, right? You started that with some of the others. Well, there was there were six of us that put it together for sure. You um, started it as a team, and obviously we, yeah. you've built a really good team over there. We have. We've got some great leadership. Uh, you know, we started as as another networking group. You know, it was um, uh, one of the shall not be named networking groups and. <laughs> And it just wasn't going anywhere. There wasn't, um, I don't want to say it wasn't leadership. It just, it was so rigid and it was closed and, and, and they have their places and they have, it's, they do wonders. There's no doubt about it and for a lot of people in a lot of places. But what I find is no matter how closed a networking group is, not everybody's hundred percent loyal to that. Right, so the contributors, right. So we try, you know, when we came up with the, the concept of the open, not that we developed the concept of nowhere, but we implemented the concept of open networking group for the Woodstock business club. Well, you did it with a unique character yeah, too. And, in, and in just energy, way you know, than some of the other, just a lot of energy, not stuffiness. You know, obviously we're in there to, to, to generate income. Okay. That's, that's the bottom line. Like anybody telling you differently is, you know, I don't believe you, <laughs> but I mean, for friendship, of course, but we're there to generate money, but we're not going to sit there and put up numbers 
like you would on a, you know, if you were at my office and we're running through your pipeline, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go through, you know, we're not going to micromanage how many referrals you're giving out and then putting a value to that. You know, you're, you, It'll, your, your level of contribution will rise to the top and people will see that is the way I believe. And then people will be loyal to you if you're doing that. Uh, people are getting tired of hearing me say it all the time, Stone especially, but, but you've built such a neat community there as well. I don't know if Robert knows this no. about it, but the, the, when he says team, he's not kidding. It's a community effort. And the club, I, I'm have reason to know that the club has helped people that have needed help when they've been in trouble and some things have gone on and this, this club has stepped in and made a real difference in some people's lives just for the asking. Yeah. Right. So it's not just a networking group. It's not even just a community group. It's a, in a very way, real way, it's loosely organized, but it is a team. Yeah. Really a bonded team. It is. It's a real unique environment. I like I it a lot. I love that. I love that. Yeah. We're taking it to the next level too. Now at this point, you know, we've been able to, We've had a couple of years of nice run and now we're implementing some automation newsletters, automated text, just to remind people, you know, we've got the websites, you know, that we're just trying to, trying to create additional value for being a member. It's 50 bucks a year. It's not a huge ask, but, no. but a lot of them, a lot of networking groups don't charge anything. It's a cheese dip and a margarita. As far as I'm <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> All day. So, and exactly. so Robert, an, another surprise for Robert here, Stone and I kind of know a little bit about this, but Darren's a superstar. Darren's, <laughs> Darren's gone national now. He, he, tell us about your TV show. Tell us about this hosting gig. So, uh, I don't know about superstar. I mean, I've been a superstar in my head for 44 years That's for right. sure. But, uh, but <laughs> I got an opportunity to be on what's called financing the American dream as part of American dream TV. And there's a couple different arms There's selling Atlanta, selling Houston, selling, you know, whatever city they're in, whatever metropolitan area they're in, you know, it's selling, but those, those shows are local, which right. is, you know, they're great. Cause you're become a local sort of celebrity in right. that, in that neighbor, in the that area, the local expert. Exactly. So, but financing the American dream, which is what my arm is, is a national show and it airs once a month. It's a five minute. My segment is a five minutes within a 30 minute show. And, you know, we, we meet with, uh, it's, it's about community, culture, lifestyle, real estate. Yeah. So kind of like that 80, 20, you know, cause we don't want necessarily want to be HGTV, but, um, you know, HGTV's done pretty well too. So, yeah, yeah, you know, sure has. You know, well, so. and this is a pretty special deal. And that team, that production team, has got a couple of Emmys under their belt, according yeah. to their website. They do. They they and they've just recently picked up, I think, five tellies too. Is mm-hmm. is and I'm I'm still kind of new new to it. I'm only I'm less than a year into it. So they've they've had some pretty nice accolades. Those are, um, those are vigorous slaps on the back from your colleagues, right? Saying yeah, that's you know, cool. well done. That's what cool. they are. Yeah. yeah. And they give us, they give us so much freedom too. It's really up to, it's, it's real TV. It's not just, you know, reality TV it's not it's, scripted. It, yeah. It's not scripted at all. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like this program, right? Yeah, like is, when I go to, a, when I go somewhere, I do my, try to do my due diligence and I try to come up with questions and concepts and discussion topics. So it leads somewhere. So we're not just wasting time right. out there, but, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's totally ex- real. It's excellence. Mortgage right is excellence. Excellence keeps coming up all the time. Yep. Maybe on everybody else, you know, on a show called Excel, it's almost like we planned it that way. Almost. <laughs> almost. Well, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, financing and um, mortgages and there's a lot of people talking about that right now. That's the subject of today's, uh, 
you know, environment, uh, fiscally they just, speaking. They just hit us with another rate increase this past week, didn't they? No, I, I heard that they were not going to increase that. I could be wrong. You are. It was a quarter point increase on the overnight lending rate, which okay. is not that's mortgage. That's the overnight rate. That's okay. the overnight lending rate. That's not mortgage rate. So it's right. They're clamping on the bank a little now. They've been clamping on the bank pretty significantly. It's unprecedented. Does that have doing. to do with the Silicon Valley Bank deal? Uh, or is it something else? No, this is this this is the Fed's attempt at fighting inflation. Right. This is what their attempt is is to fight inflation and raise to, the cost of money to fly and fight inflation. And, to and, me, seems and, the wrong way to print it more, is. But make it more expensive. That doesn't. That no, makes no that's sense. That's not going to work. Right. Yeah, it's uh, the Fed is you know kind of our arch enemy at the moment, right? I mean, and, and unfortunately, what the Fed does is they look in the rearview mirror. They don't look ahead, and they depend on lagging indicators to make decisions on information that you know you can get real time. <laughs> so they should be able to make and act on real time. I mean, for example, they kept mortgage rates artificially low for too long. Right. I mean, you can look at the charts for a decade when it, when in, if you follow inflation, the chart of inflation and you follow mortgage rates over the history of time, they, they follow one another right. mortgage rates, follow inflation. What happened when they kept when they were buying mortgage backed securities and they were artificially keeping mortgage rates low, they kept in mortgage rates low, but inflation was spiking. So instead of stopping the purchasing of those mortgage backed securities and let mortgage rates do what they typically do, we would have, and, and, and stopped pumping that money into yeah. the economy. We would have definitely not have seen as significant of an increase, in my opinion, I can't say without a shadow of a doubt, of course, but I mean, it should have slowed down inflation significantly. And now we're playing catch up and you, I mean, and, and you see what we're dealing with right now. And well, so, you see the investment in the bond rate too, that it's, that's taking a lot of these banks out as well. Oh, well, you know, interest rates go up. What happens? Interest rates in, in bond prices work inversely. Mm-hmm. So if interest rates go up, the price of that bond goes down. So if that asset goes up, you know, the, the interest rate goes up, then the cost is going to go down. And that's exactly what happened to the, the community banks. Right. You know, it's, it's a real thing. It's called interest rate risk. And, it's mind boggling to me that nobody is overseeing that. Like that, that's, that's, that's something that should have been paid attention to. It should have known and could have stopped a lot of this. And unfortunately there's a lot more to come. In my opinion, we just saw another one this past week where there was another banking failure. So it's the, you know, that's just kind of really the sort of the tip of the iceberg in my opinion. Well, nobody's talking about it. They're afraid to talk about it because we're already in a, in a fragile economic situation. They're being discouraged and it's worse. from talking about it too, because it's well, going to expose some imbalance in the bank portfolios where they've got and it's outright various dishonesty. kinds of risk that they're yeah. overexposed to. Yeah, all these banks, this is what happened in the eighties with the fur bearing trout farms when the interest rates started going. Well, look at the dot-com collapse in 2000. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, what was the dot-com collapse based on? Nothing. Air, no brick and mortar. Yeah. Those 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 companies were coming and going, and we're getting fed millions and millions and millions of dollars, and people were buying it, and people had no idea why they were even buying. Me included, and I lost. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. And there's, inflation's a money f- phenomenon. The more money you put into the system, the prices. Yeah, are we're going just printing up. money, like Randy. Come on, yeah. well, it's the federal government. They can do whatever there's they want. No, there is no other outcome to that than inflation. And so now the question is. Trying to manage that by the yeah, what rear, do you do by the same people by looking in the rearview mirror? That's not a good, not a good strategy. Is the question they'll do what they want inflation because then that devalues the debt that they have. Yeah, and yeah. You look at these countries that are getting ready to get rid of the dollar as the as the standard bearer as all, well, and that is frightening. Yeah. And we all know, every one of our listeners knows that 
in an inflationary period, when you issue new money, the one that benefits the most is the first person to get the money. That's right. right? That's right. And all who, of our listeners know that? where we stand, too. Who right? is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we get ourselves in trouble. So what's coming up on uh, on your TV show now? What uh, I saw you did a, a couple of uh, episodes. One was with that um, Keller Williams agent. Yeah, that was that was one of the first ones we did, actually. Okay. So we just recently did uh, Terminus Wake Park, which is up in right outside of Cartersville, yeah. or at Emerson, really, right there at Lake Point. And, and Chase Andrews is the owner of that, and he's just an un believable guy. His energy is phenomenal. He's so positive and he does so much for such, for all the youth that he touches. Uh, I mean, he's, he's like, he's really is like this father figure that's out there showing he's a ex pro used to live here in downtown Woodstock. Actually, that's actually how I met him initially. And then, you know, watch his pro what I'm sorry, ex pro wake, uh, wakeboarder. Okay. Yes. So terminus wake part is, is, is a, cable system on these two lakes and they have all these different, you know, jumps and rails and all the stuff. I have no idea what I'm talking about and how to do, but, but it's really awesome to watch and, you know, the films really, really well. And they just have this awesome community, tons of positive energy and he just does so much and he's got a great thing going. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, there was a lot of action going on, a lot of like uh, suits coming in, talking to him that, while we were there. And so, uh, listen, I'm just speculating, but it seems like he's got a couple big things in the works. But he's there's got nothing another, but positive. There's a wake park, uh, a wave park they're going to build over like Buford area somewhere over that way in the flat. Big, big deal wave park coming up. I talked to the developer on that a f- few weeks ago. These are these are activities that we probably don't want to go do, right, Randall? Uh, I'm thinking we want to try, don't you? <laughs> so let me tell you, you can this. Screw up your other knee. Yeah, God, while I was traction. there, while I was there, there was a gentleman. His name is Leo. He he they, he made the cut of the show that I got to see the first cut on. He's about he's in his mid seventies. He was there for exercise and work, and, and it was just like I was, I, you know, it wasn't scripted at all. I just saw him. I was like. I got to interview you. You got to be on the show because we we're, we got all these young kids coming up. You know, I mean, I'm talking, you know, ten year olds up to mid twenties doing all these flips back, and he's out there. He grabs his board and gets on there, and just an awesome guy, super positive again. I mean, it's just a really cool community. And he just goes out there four or five times a week to exercise during the summer. That's I mean, awesome. It's, yeah, it's cool. Very Love cool. That. Love yeah, it was that. Really, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was one of my the most fun I've had on the show. So. That was the most recent one. That's getting ready to air. I don't know the date yet. I should know literally any any day now, but it'll be in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we're actually filming at a um, – uh, this gentleman is from South Africa. He built this super successful business where they, they do the powder coating um, for you know all these high-end, high-dollar cars. He's got a place in Alpharetta. He's got a place in Marietta. And he's also hooked in with Tesla. And so we're looking forward to, uh, to checking that out and, and seeing some – Pretty fancy cars, and oh, you know, cool. um, I'm not a big car guy. I mean, if you, I'm, I'm still driving the same first new car I, I bought in 2008, so I'm, I'm 15 years in on my car. Well, I'm afraid to spend money, so I'm a realtor. I never know when I'm going to get paid. Exactly. We've been down that road before, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so and then uh, then we're doing Atlanta Motorsports um, Park Speedway. Uh, it's the one in Dahlonega. I'm, I'm drawing yeah. a blank on the name, but that's we, that's at the end of. Um, we have people stay at our. We've got an investment property uh, cottage on a lake, Lake Sconti, and Big Canoe, mm-hmm. and so we have people that come in and they rent our place, and they're they're like racing yeah. at that track. Watch and, watch for in the fall, by the way, for the uh, motorcycle racing documentary from us. Awesome, John. Is that nice. is that where you did your 
that that Partly. shooting last year? Some of it over there, okay. some of it at uh, Talladega, and some of it down in Florida. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So they've they've got these new condos that they built at the the the, the park, and where you can buy the condo at the garage below, and then you can sort of customize the the top level and select literally like a condo i mean there's bar you know people make them into bars and like man caves on steroids if you will and then down below are like where they keep their cars and then they have little balconies and they overlook the track i mean it's just so so cool and and, uh we're getting ready to go out there and film that and there's a drag race that night or that saturday that we're going out there 26 i think that would be so so cool yeah we're looking forward to that one too that's gonna be fun we should go check that's a lifestyle deal right yeah we should go look at that That'd, that'd be good so tell me what's going to, what are your pronostications um, for mortgages moving forward in the next, say, six months? So, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that I, I did multiple classes, multiple presentations back in November, December of last year on inflation and where my expectations were. Um, and I should have been right. <laughs> but were you? <laughs> I should have been right, but I did not foresee the banking crisis that took yeah. place. And that's where, you know, when that took place, you know, the amount of money that the Fed started to reprint again and, and pump back into the system, you, you know, you saw M2, which is money supply, right, of the Fed. So you saw it actually starting to make a nice trend, one of the, one of the biggest dips we've had in, in decades. It was dipping nice, very, very nicely. As soon as those banks went under in March, that spiked back oh. up, and then boom, interest rates flipped back around. So but, I was expecting interest rates to be Is around. it really a crisis? We've had a few banks close. Big ones, yes. A lot of money, yeah, no, no doubt. It's a crisis for the people at the bank and and their depositors. Is that really a banking crisis? I mean, it is. It's. It, are, we talking, are we talking about a monetary phenomenon because a handful of banks went under? There's going to be many more, in my opinion. I know time will tell, as always, right? But it's not. It's. It's. But it's not that you're. You know, think about the payroll that's not getting paid. The people that are that have nothing to do with these banks that are no longer going to be receiving their paychecks because. You know, a banker wasn't paying attention to wasn't paying attention to the risk that they were taking on with the amount of bonds that they were holding, which got devalued, and then they you know totally then they got triggered. So so it's not just it's affecting so many people, and there's so many layers of people that are going to be hurt by this if they don't do anything about it. And so, uh, yeah, I think it is a crisis. I think it's right now been staved off. I think uh, there's there's the potential for some significant hits. You know, we'll see. A couple but, of months ago, Janet Yellen was asked about inflation, and she admitted, oh, "I don't really understand inflation." Oh yeah. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No it's, kidding. It's it's a, it's kind of sad, honestly. And they have, I think, two hundred of the you know the the top economic economists in the country, supposedly, uh, you know, evaluating all this stuff, and and yet they continue to make you know. Do you think their hand is being forced, or do you think they're they're just? I hate to use the word ignorant, but come on. I think it's above my pay grade, first of all. But um, I think, again, I, th- I mentioned it earlier. They're looking at lagging indicators. They're not looking at, you know, they're not. They're looking in the rearview mirror. They're looking at data that's already been um, that's already been digested by these by the system. And if they were to make decisions real time, they would have a better handle on what's happening. And so I just I think they're using data that's just late to the game honestly that's what that's really where i where so, i believe they're making their biggest mistake so what leading in what are the leading indicators say what are you looking at so you know when you're calculating 
consumer price index, you know, uh, housing is one of the shelter house. The cost of shelter is one of the, the largest factors that's in that calculation, right? It's about 30. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss, I'm, I'm going to not have this on dead on, but it's around 32% of what the total calculation is. So shelter costs have been coming down tremendously, but how they're calculating the shelter cost is a 12 month average as opposed to a month to month average. So a month over month average, in other words, so they're looking at the last 12 months where, so if you're looking at a, a bell curve, you're seeing it's still going up and just barely peaking at the top of the We're bell, talking right? housing prices. That's, Shelter costs, monthly cost. so rental rates essentially. Okay, rental rates. So you know the cost of and rental rates have been coming down, you know, across the board, and so in real time they've they've dropped tremendously. But the the factor that they're using is we're still, still it's it's, it's just now it's just now rolling over. So yeah. it's just taking some more time. But at the same time, you know, we've now seen where CPI numbers are coming down into the you know the high threes, uh, PCEs are coming down pretty significantly. Per, per, Producer or uh, consumer expenditure CPE consumer price expenditures and then consumer price index those two inflationary indicators are coming down so you know we should see you asked me about what my next six months is I do believe that interest rates will come back down you know I initially thought they'd be closer into the fives by the end of the year I think we'll be back down to the low sixes by the end of the year and you know as far as how that affects housing. You know, I mean, you, you see it, you're in real estate. It's, you know, I, I would say what housing crash, you know, we, we've been, you know, been told that there's this housing crash taking place for the last two years. Well, not, not nothing's seeing not seeing it at all. I mean, I, I think that's a micro or a macro look, right? So if you're looking at some cities, sure, you're going to, sure. you're going to be okay. Sure. If you're looking at LA, yeah, you, things are a little bit different in Chicago, Illinois, Boise, um, uh, Austin, just, just the in migration every year alone, which we've talked about. Right, you know, and COVID changed everything. Thousand people a year. Yeah, well, we get one hundred twenty thousand. No housing crash going to happen in the Atlanta area. We have one hundred twenty thousand that came in in the last three years every year, and we're looking at the same numbers. Right now, what we're not getting, Randy, is we're not getting the people who live here that are upgrading their house that they've been in for seven and ten years, right. going, "Hey, honey, now's the time for us to have that house." Right. No, and we're also, we're also not getting 30, 40, 50,000 housing units a year coming up out of the ground. I mean, how would you, it's not even physically possible. You're going to raise a new town the size of Woodstock every year? Can't do it. Cartersville. But, well, okay, so a thousand, a couple of thousand, sure. One, one of the but, things that I'm hearing. But it, that doesn't, that doesn't contribute to the backlog that's stacking up. Well, there's a huge backlog. Yeah. And, and, for realtors like me that are busy, that have a lot of clientele and 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 some some gravitas in this business, we're still going to make money. Right. A lot of realtors are, are oh, yeah, yeah, flying yeah. out of here. There's no, there's no crash. Right. It's just getting hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it back you to gotta, being. You got to back to. You got to go get back to working. We're back right? to normal again. It's yes. just a hard yeah. business to. I'm seeing because 2024 is going to be a political year. Sure. The politicians are going to make some financial uh, decisions based on what looks good. Before a uh, election, an election year, right. and so I'm hearing for some from some pretty big people that I get to listen to some of their conversations um, that yeah you're going to see some of some of those numbers coming back down to earth and they're going to try to help the housing industry because of that optic right. in 2024. Yeah, it's it's. It's a challenge right now. I mean, you know, it, I've had this conversation countless times over the last couple of years. And, and, you know, when I see first time home buyers and they're, they're taking on payments that are over $3,000, you know, I, 
I sit there and I think about like when I was in my mid twenties, I was like, God almighty, man, yeah. that, that's, that's a, that's a tough nut to pay every single month. But I remind myself that what I'm seeing on a regular basis are dual incomes. And these folks are coming out of college making 80, 90, a hundred grand a piece. So they're, the, the amount of money that they're making is significantly more than the amount of money that I was making in the early 2000s sure. when I first started. And then I would imagine, you know, as we, as you go on in the nineties and the eighties and so on and so forth. So there's, there's definitely more money being made. Now that doesn't help the lower class, the middle class affordability becomes a major, major issue. And, and it still will, it will maintain or continue to be an issue for some time. I don't know how to correct that. I don't know how you get a builder to build affordable housing mm -hmm. When you have the opportunity to, you know, make, well, build a five hundred thousand dollar house, how are you going to talk them into building a three hundred thousand dollar house? So, so make it affordable. To so do, the make it profitable to do it. And the way you do that is ease up on the restrictions, not clamp down on them, and you let you let prefabs happen and these those beautiful architecture prefabs sure. I was showing you, and tiny homes and all the things, all the trends that are developing that cities tend to sniff at for 25 years before they finally get the message. Right. right. So some of the numbers that we're talking about, so 85% of the population makes below $85,000 a year when interest rates are 5.5 and above they're tapped out that first time home buyer, or that second time home buyer is tapped out around $450,000. Okay. So if the average price and the average price home in Atlanta in particular is $475,000 unit sold, that is the average number. So 85% of the people that are out there to buy houses cannot qualify. Right. That's a problem. It is. It's a major problem. And the the quickest way to do that is lower interest rates. You're not you're not going to get right. you're not going to have a a crash that's going to drop prices so significantly that it'll make it affordable. You the only way to do that is you're 100% correct is yeah. to reduce interest rates, but again, what you know Pick your poison. You know, if we go back to, you know, artificial. try to artificially low mortgage interest rate, that means the Fed's pumping in money into the mortgage-backed security market, and then, boom, there you go. Then we're going to see spikes in inflation, and the cost of living starts going up. So, uh, yeah, commodity prices go through the roof, oil, food, you know, you, you name it. Uh, commodities across the board will spike. Now they can't now – if they, now they can buy a house – but they can't afford to live in it. Right, right. <laughs> so, can't afford I mean, groceries. And yeah, it's it's a it's a you tough. You look one. at new car prices: sixty five, seventy five, eighty five thousand dollars. I mean, who can afford that? Yeah, there's a reason I'm still driving a, a two thousand and two thousand and eight Toyota Sequoia. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just borrowed uh, Randall's car because mine's in the shop, and I'm like, dude, I can't afford a real car. So, you, so you're a Sequoia man too. Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen yours. I always got my eye on yours. Yeah, it's all tricked out. The only car with every vowel in its name. Yep, that's right. Sequoia. Sequoia. I like that. Yep. So behind a uh, door number A uh, and door B are not so good. You can't you can't reduce the interest rates artificially. You can't. There's no way to stop this train. That's the acceleration of prices of the homes. So there's got to be a door C. There's got to be a third option. I think that's uh, back to adjustable rate mortgages. But here's the here's the kicker: LIBORs and all that nonsense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, for a long, long time, that was a great product. Yeah. And, but here's the, you know, we, you, you know, you've heard the word inverted yield curve. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're dealing with that's right now. That's are, why, yeah. that's why we do not have 
adjustable rate mortgages that are, are lower than your 30 year fixed mortgages because we're in an inverted yield curve. Now, that same time, when you're qualifying a borrower on an adjustable rate mortgage, actually the qualifying to qualify a borrower for an adjustable rate mortgage is significantly harder because you're taking that, that, that initial rate, you're adding two percentage points to that to qualify them yeah. on that qual. So it's a qualifying rate of two points higher than the initial start rate. That clearly wasn't the case back in, you know, the, the, during the crash years of mid 2000s, right? So that lesson's been learned. So I think there has to be, in a, you know, number one, we get back to a normal yield curve where your short term interest rates are lower. That's going to help make it more affordable for buyers to get into a house, but you also have to change some of the lending guidelines and you have to ease up on that. And so, yeah, there, there again runs the balance, you know, do, you know, if we're using now, now they don't use LIBOR, they use the CMT, constant maturity treasury average yeah. is what they use, right? So it's a little bit more consistent, a little bit more stable than what they used in the past, but you know, so conventional will have to adopt FHA guidelines or even, even higher. So you know, right now FHA is kind of the, the the only only game in town. I mean, frankly, because for, uh, for first time home buyers, for the most part, because recently FHA reduced their MI requirements, right? So they dropped it to 0.5 percent or 0.55 percent, depending upon if you're putting three and a half percent down or five percent down. And with a with a uh, conventional loan, it's going to be based off your credit score. It's going to be based off your income. It's going to be based off your down payment. So all these things play a factor in determining what your mortgage insurance premium is going to be as opposed to FHA. You could have, you know, 55% debt to income ratio. You could have a 600 credit score. You could have, you know, no assets, three and a half percent down and your mortgage insurance rate is the exact same. So as opposed to that's a risk, that, that is a risk. Also disincentivizes people. To, well, different conversation. <laughs> As is apparently, you know, we we've used a lot of terms and ratios and acronyms here, including LIBOR. I mean, what do they know about money in London anyway? But uh, <laughs> well, it's non-existent anymore. So apparently, <laughs> what we need to do is run a mortgage one hundred and one series under this. Bring Darren back a bunch. Absolutely, because there's a lot of people about how that, this is how this works. You people know? don't know how this stuff works. You know, now the you know for there's so many studies out there that that uh, asking. First time home buyers, how much they need for a down payment and all it just, I mean, it's the, the numbers are astronomical. It's like 90% of people still believe they need 20% down for, yeah. for, yeah. for a first time home buyer, which, you know, listen, if you have it, that's great, but that's sure. not, you know, sure, but you don't have to, have you that. don't need to have no. that. And I mean, VA is not even the only zero down deal no. anymore. USDA is available. There's USDA. a couple, there's a couple, uh, down payment assistant programs that are out there. Is there's, Bank of America still the best USDA program? Uh, actually, I heard Mortgage Rights USDA program is the best one in town. Okay. Okay, so that's where I need to go. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, all right. Especially to clarify. You know, yeah. you know, the opposite of right is both left and wrong. Well, I knew. I was setting them up to you say You got to deal that. with mortgage right, not yeah. mortgage wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I needed him to say that on the air, Andy. <laughs> and it's been said. <laughs> Bank of who? Bank of who? All right. So uh, let's shift gears for a minute. Um, your, your national scope with your show, you're, you're involved in your community, you're building this great team we talked about, doing, doing good for a lot of people in a lot of ways, providing jobs for people. What excites Darren Hunter about this, all this stuff? What's driving you? My daughter. It's real simple. You know, I've got, a, I got a, a beautiful young daughter. She's six years old. She started her first day of kindergarten today, so we oh, put wow. her on the bus. 
she got on the bus, you know, um, picture day, you got a picture of that. Oh, I mean, my phone is loaded with pictures for sure from, from this morning. And then, you know, my, my mother was there, father was there, you know, her older sister, of course. And then we, we followed the bus to the school and, and walked her and she just walked right past us and went right into school, sat <laughs> down. Really I was like, you know, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> We're just like, you know, Bye. you know, mommy, it was in tears. And I'll be honest, it was a little more emotional than I was expected. I expected to be, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was it's a milestone. Yeah, it is. And of course she has a, a med- medical challenge and you have yes. a, foundation you're raising money you're contributing to the research she does she does she was born with a rare genetic disease called kbg so it's it affects the it's a mutation she has mutations some of them have deletions within their 16th chromosome she has mutation which means there's some connectivity there and so she's you know if, if there's a spectrum if you will you know she's probably she does a lot better than most um so she's you know functioning she goes to school uh, she's you know a little delayed she's 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 got some – she goes to uh, speech, occupational, f- uh, physical therapy twice a week for all of them. Wow. And then as a matter of fact, unfortunately, we just found out last week that uh, – I didn't even know this was the thing. I thought we kind of skirted this. But, you know, uh, hearing loss of hearing is, is an issue for the KBGers and just found out she's deaf in her, in her right ear. So mm-hmm. we're, we're now dealing with that. She's going in for uh, CT. Cochlear implants maybe? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's so new. I'm, I'm still not even still kind of processing. We got to go in for a CT scan tomorrow, figure out if there's anything else going on. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you, we thought we were kind of out of the woods on some of these things, but you just never are when you're dealing with a genetic disease un- unknown. Like when she was born, she was 286 in the world to ever be diagnosed with this, with this particular disease. And, uh, it's not to say there's n- not many others out there. They just, they, the genetic testing wasn't that prevalent. Right. So, mm-hmm. and now it's become more prevalent. There's about 800 kids now. And, and so, um, sort of the, one of the, you know, those selfish ways that we dealt with it is we started a nonprofit. It's called every link matters and we raise funds to help uh, kids dealing with KBG, but we depend so much on the local community. We'd give back to the community as much as we possibly can you know, in, in, in whatever form we can, whatever we need. And, and, you know, we talk with, we try to do about one family a month, uh, whether that's, you know, helping with medical bills, that's kind of like where it all started. You know, my wife and I, you know, were just blown away with the medical bills that we were experiencing. And we're like, how are these, how are people that don't have the, you know, the, uh, the resources able to pay for this? And that's kind of how it all started. And then, you know, it was help therapy for us to to try to get out there and help a little bit. So it's it's turned into a pretty fun fun event. It feels great for us. We're loving it. We do a big golf tournament. Stone is always there. Big <laughs> big big uh, contributor, and he gets out there and enjoys a couple beverages out there with the, with the crew. <laughs> In fact, I but heard just, the last <clears throat> one was sort of like a drinking tournament with a golf sideline. I didn't even know they were playing golf out there. <laughs> yeah. Swing ball. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know. I, Back in the you know, late, early 2000s and mid 2000s, I don't, I don't even know if you're a golfer, but you know, golf tournaments used to be a blast. Yeah. They were so much fun. And then, of course, you know, a couple bad apples out in Sugarloaf ruined it for all of us, and it got on the news and all that kind of stuff. And so, <laughs> so uh, you know, we're kind of bringing it back in, in a much more tame way, but but definitely, you know how it goes. If you, if you're the the people's wallets get a lot more loose. And you know, the more opportunities yeah, they have to have an adult beverage, so we we do it safely and have a good time with it. And and turns out we raise a lot of funds, um, and then we're able to do some good with it. So we're excited about it. I was in a golf tournament in um, Chattanooga last year, and it was for the um, 
uh, UTC wrestling team and one of the, one of their wrestlers had died of, of cancer or something. So we, they were raising money for that. And so for wrestlers, I was an old wrestler. I look like a yeah. wrestler, right? Yeah. And so on the tee boxes, skirmishes were, <laughs> were breaking out, you know, old guys against young guys and all these dudes. And we're just, you know, we just never grew up. So yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. I totally get That's it. That's fun. I can't add to the golf conversation. My, my brother's a scratch golfer. My dad, my dad was a golf pro in the summers up in Colorado at this course. It was very they, they make fun of yeah. my golf game. I got nothing yeah. to add. <laughs> yeah, the blue blossom. <laughs> I wish I was a scratch golfer. Yeah. Love, love the game. That but takes not, a lot of work. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, that's, you know, that's what gets us excited these days. And, and you know, just, just the growth. Um, of, of, of what we're able to do in the community and, and being part of such an amazing community. I mean, we were downtown Woodstock, Woodstock as a whole is just an unbelievable place to be a part of. And, and, and we're just so thankful that I had an opportunity, you know, I've been down here for a long time, lived down here, played down here, drank down here, ate down here. But, you know, of course I work down here yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere, but you know, I had an opportunity to invest in downtown, uh, what's uh, downtown on main street on Woodstock in Woodstock. And, um, when the opportunity came out, I mean, it, it was a no brainer. I jumped on it all, all day. And, yeah. And so we, um, we now have, you know, part of the, that'll be the legacy building, um, you know, for the family or Did for you my buy kids. The, the building? I bought the, it's a condo. So there's actually three units in there and I bought the top floor. And then, uh, my, my hope and is, is that, uh, I'll have the bottom here soon enough. And you can right. see the sign from ball ground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like the beacon on the way home on 575. Oh, there it is. It's within the city limit or city uh, standards. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful new office, by the way. I did actually manage to get out one night and get to your party for your yeah. ribbon cutting. That was a beautiful place. Yeah, you can thank my wife for that. My wife is uh, she's got a, she's a very very talented lady. You know, not only is she beautiful, but she's talented. She's not must must not be smart because she married me. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but she did, she did a heck of a job, and it's it's. I mean, I enjoy going to my office every every day. It's just great to. Be part of the community. Great to walk into a beautiful spot that you know we only we get we we built and own and you know it's just it's kind of like you know when people ask about ownership and renting it's kind of same thing like I just I enjoy I'm, I feel more part of the community that I own yeah. that building you know what I'm saying I mean, you know you got a stake in it yeah you know I, I want to see everybody do well I want to see the community stay you know up to a certain standard those type of things so yeah, yeah. it's owning is a big thing well be on the lookout because Randall asked me the other day about uh, you know some some space to buy you know so we're we're looking yeah I you know one of the things I did too a long time ago was I, I bought commercial real estate as well and and um Commercials real estate's an interesting game right now. But yeah, it's it's kind of on the downside a little it bit. It is. It's a it's a. It's, I'm, I'm interested time, to see time for me to buy. In other words, yes. You know that's yeah. that's one of the things. I mean, this is kind of a, a little bit off topic, but you know what? Do, how do one of the ways to maybe deal with housing shortages, get people into some of these, repurpose some of these office buildings. That's going to take, I would think so. I, I mean, it's going to take a lot of money to repurpose these. and Look at the good. shopping center space that's getting right. ready to be. They build, the last, every, they build everything around that core, which serves the office properly, but it's not built for residential. It's multiple not, bathrooms it's and not, kitchens. It's going to take some money. It's going to take some time. Yeah, it and will. Money. It's not yeah. going to happen overnight. We know that. But, it, but it's, a, it's a viable it's a viable approach. It's going to be expensive, which means it's going to be high-end housing. That's not the entire equation. Well, the last guest we had was looking for a church space, right? Yeah. And so the idea for him was to look at some of the shopping center space that's going dark. Sure. 
because big spaces, he needs 35, 45,000 square feet minimum. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity there for, for guys like that. Yeah, well, I'll certainly keep my eye open. I'm, I'm always got an eye on um, any opportunities. You know, yeah. it's, it's we looked at a space this morning, and the roll-up door where you can pull the truck in. Yeah, right in the middle of it, they built a wall. So the bay space was on one side, and this little work area with a workbench on the other side. But the wall that divided them was you could pull the truck in about five, six feet, and then you'd hit that. Is that load bearing? No, there's no way. It it is load bearing. No, there's no way it's load bearing. Oh, okay. So it's it in out. there to demise the space, which could come out. Could yeah. come out. Yeah. It's a truss roof. I'm like much every, better at demo. It was a truss <laughs> roof like every other thing. It's just like, why did you put it there? You know, yeah, what, makes no sense. Right, right in the middle of the door. They knew you were coming. They didn't <laughs> want to. I guess that's it. Yeah. Don't let that guy in here. Not Randall back. <laughs> uh, what inspires you before we leave? Anything you'd like to communicate to people in the community or the club or? I think just education right now, you know, really just educating people and, and, and letting them know, you know what's really going on. You know, that there's, you know, I feel so, I'm, I'm very frustrated with so many that missed out and listened to some of the wrong talking heads and the fear mongering that took place, you know, while interest rates were low mm-hmm. and while housing was a little more affordable, you know, and, 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 you know, I just hope that I can educate more and more people and, and sound the alarms as much as possible that, you know, the, the one of the greatest ways to grow wealth is through real estate. Sure. I, I don't, you know, listen, I know there's tons of different ways now. There's internet businesses, obviously investing in stock markets, commodities. I mean, you, you know, equities, Influencers. bonds, all, you know, Hey, listen, I just had an unbelievable experience with influencer. That was, that was like eye opening. Um, very, very interesting. I've got some really very, very There's cool a lot of stuff. surprising stuff behind that, isn't there? Very cool stuff coming up that I'm very excited about. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, then. we will. I'll, I'll definitely come on and uh, show them. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, that's actually one of the new inspiring things that I've got coming up. Cool. Uh, we'll definitely come yeah, back I'll and talk, talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that. Remember, Jared, about. How, how interesting that show was. With oh, yeah. The, we got a lot of guys we need to bring Digital back. marketing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the influencing game is is – mind-boggling and and <clears throat> surprisingly at least the couple that i've met are shockingly intelligent <laughs> and i say that <laughs> they kind of have and to I be. say that i only say that because you you see some of the silly stuff that they do and it's like that you know what they're that it's silly to us but they're laughing all the way to the bank yeah and they've got all these different streams of income coming in and they're and they're just intelligent about it and it was it was just really like wow i i man, I really am just judging this guy. Yeah. I, I was like, shoot, I got to take a step back and realize there's a million ways to make a million dollars. I check myself. Yeah, I, it was, it was eye opening, And, um, you know, and, and these guys are getting paid, I mean, paid for literally minutes of their time. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation we'll have for mm-hmm. later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, hopefully education. Um, and then, you know, some of the series that I've got coming up, um, I'll just give you a little, little, little tidbit. I've got an, NIL education series coming out. A Na- teaser. Name image likeness series coming up. So it's sponsored by, of course, the one and the only, the mortgage right team. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We got a lot to talk about with Darren. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk off the air too. He is a renaissance man, a mortgage master, a real estate investor, a community pillar, a philanthropist, and a business networking guru. Darren Hunter, mortgage right. Thank you. 